Porsche. Are these the heartless guys? Let's go get him to see You know what I miss? What what what, 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 what do you miss? I miss memory card save file icons. Oh! Uh, oh! Oh! I, I, uh, I didn't know we would have an existential crisis this early in the morning. <laughs> I was thinking about you know, the joy of it. And I remember specifically anytime I get a new game, first of all, you're definitely going to be reading that manual on the ride home from EB Games. Uh, yep. And then you're going to pop that puppy into your uh, gaming console of choice. You'll you'll probably smell the new disc smell and enjoy it. <laughs> you'll play. You will save. And then the next day, slash, if I like pop it up again later that same day, I'll then go into the system settings to see what the save the memory card icon was because you know it's it's a lost art it is you have to i i i randomly remember reading what the inspiration behind the ps2 startup menu was and i feel like we cannot remember it is right now but oh i can tell you it's... Oh, oh, oh 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 go ahead go ahead sir yeah it's based on your memory card i, I don't know how it's oh! out exactly but the more you know kilobytes of data you have Mm. The different um towers, I guess you could say. Yes. Okay. Yeah, higher. Yeah. I, I think they like each tower represents a different game. I believe so, yes. Yeah. Um, so every everyone's PlayStation 2 startup theoretically is different. It's like a it's like a spin to spots. And if you don't know okay, you're you're definitely right. <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking about that. I I can't tell you any specific icons i can remember off the top of my head i can tell you the spider-man icons because obviously they're all just spiders like his <laughs> symbol some of them are really good though okay i'm i remember psychonauts mm -hmm. which if you haven't played that game play it because it's awesome i i'm pretty sure it was just raz the main character like yeah psychonauts pose which was cool i'm sure both jack and daxter and ratchet and clank would use well, no. Jack and Daxter probably use Daxter just doing a Daxter thing. I believe so, because I only had Jack and Daxter for the PS2. I didn't get Jack 2 and Jack 3 until the PS3 port. Right. And then, I think Ratchet and Clank, at least one of them, I think it was, uh, one of the weapons we could get in the game was a decoy glove, where you shoot it off and then it yep. pops up an inflatable ratchet, which is really cute. So, one of them was the inflatable ratchet, I'm pretty sure. But Kingdom Hearts, if I remember correctly, was actually kind of boring. It was just, it would just be the key art of the game. Like, I think it would just be um, mm -hmm. Sora so. with Donald and Goopy next to him and that pose where he um, he has the keyblade kind of in front of him. Yeah, I'm trying to, I'm trying to think of it too and I can't even. 
remember exactly yeah. what it was to be like, mm, but it was this, or just confirm what you were saying either. But yeah, it's truly a bygone era. Everything sucks now, basically. Uh, everything is bad, and things were better when I was younger. That's a uh, that's the cycle. Yes, yes. Deal with it, you whippersnappers. <laughs> so speaking of games, why don't we uh, take another little look see in Kevin and Marshall's game corner? So oh you've boy, been, you've been playing. I assume you're still playing Final Fantasy VII. I I was thinking about this last night as I was really going to bed, being like, "Oh yeah." You know, probably talk about the games before we dive into the episode. And then I completely was like, I don't think I've played anything this week. Like, I guess yesterday I, I was Nothing busy. at all? Uh, I've I played stuff. I... Oh, yeah, 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 um, I, this, this work... I guess the, the week, the work, the work week. Everyone's working for the weekend. Um, <laughs> I guess the week, the... the, the yeah, what I would call... During during the work week, yeah. I, I, w- I was pretty busy, so I was kind of... Doing other oh. things. I was being an adult, unfortunately. But and here, I thought yesterday. I was hosting a podcast with a real gamer. Nope. Uh, well, but yesterday, I it was Saturday, and I had uh, not too many commitments. So I played. I did play a little bit of a seven, but I definitely slowed my roll compared to last week. Uh, I played a little bit. Yeah, yesterday. That's really it. I am eternally playing through. Doing a Nuzlocke of Pokemon White version because I'm revisiting Gen One, Gen Five. So that's that's still like that's mostly my my commute game. Like you know my commute gotcha. into work is about twenty five to thirty minutes. So that's that's my that's my time to just open up my my DS and and play that. And what was I playing? Just oh, I was playing. I'm trying, attempting to finish and finish. You can't see me, but finishing big air quotes. Monster Hunter World before Monster Hunter Rise comes out. But there is no completing a Monster Hunter game, so... Yeah, I was going to say, I didn't think that was a game you could finish. <laughs> no, because you can theoretically play forever. Uh, I remember when we were playing, before the f- big expansion came out, before Iceborne came out, for those who know, there were people who were Hunter rank like 9... I think it caps out at 999, but I remember going online, and I used to play with my friends, and I really play with randos, but I remember you, you can signal for help sometimes and you know i'd just be like oh this person showed up and oh this person was really good oh this person's maxed out their hunter rank that makes a lot of sense oh how many how many hours do you have in oh in monster <laughs> that's a it's a loaded question yeah i mean give me two seconds i'm gonna, I'm gonna open steam in as, in as few clicks as possible and hopefully they're very very tiny you can't hear anything <laughs> clicking but who knows Altogether, my Steam playtime is 323 hours of Monster Hunter World. Oh, lordy. And I also played for the first seven months on PlayStation. So, Ah. honestly, add about 50 to 100 hours right there. Do do you at least have the luxury of, I'm sure you don't, but carrying over the save from PS4 to PC? Absolutely not. Mm. Yay! That's unfortunate. <laughs> yeah, we uh, right, we, well. we had a significant amount of I shouldn't say significant amount, but there were enough people who did not own a PS4 that it warranted rebuying right. the game for for Steam. And I was I at the time you could ask any of our friends. I was very upset that I had to rebuy like a full price sixty dollar game essentially. Uh, but I think the time put in and the memories 
And they def- just the experience are definitely worth it. Uh, at the time, I was definitely a salty little baby, though. Oh, I bet. It's it's a war of two worlds for me. Yeah. Well, in my neck of the woods, last time we chatted, I was playing for Celeste, and I've, I've thrown in my hat, unfortunately. Ah. I, As I mentioned, it's a very difficult game. I got pretty far, so each level has a B-side, which is harder, and then a C-side, which is much harder. I got all the way yes. up to the level 7 seaside, which level 7 is technically the final level of the game, which is already very hard on normal level. Uh, but the seaside is, I don't want to say torturous, but it did make me go to some dark places and confront some demons gotcha, gotcha. that I haven't <laughs> had to face in, in many years. So I don't I didn't like what it was doing to me. Okay. So the game tracks your death count. That's kind of well, it does something cute on the loading screen where it's like your death count is a personal prize because that shows how much you persevered, basically. So that's there. So I was after each level, I would go and compare the death count to my death count from my original file. And most of the time, they were yep. they were much lower on this new file. So. I'm growing, but for this specific level, the seaside, my original file had 270 deaths, which is not bad. Um, I'd say 500 was kind of where I capped out in terms of the harder levels, but mm-hmm. this time I haven't seen the death count yet because you'd have to exit out of the level and I never got to the end. But it was definitely taking me like two hours plus, so I probably got past that. And then I remembered, oh, wait. So the game has an assist mode where you can kind of, it's actually really great. You can tweak pretty much anything to make it as easy as you want. So I definitely, I finally caved and used that the last time I played. Despite, yeah, despite my my instincts screaming at me. So that 270 was after I used yeah. the assist mode, and I finally got through it. But this time, I was determined not to use assist okay. mode, but then I realized, oh, this is this is going to be pain if I keep doing this. And also, I have a whole other seaside okay. after this with the level 8. And then, and this is what really broke me, so I mentioned the, um, the special level <laughs> 9, which was released after the game came out as a free download. And I thought, oh, that'll be fun. It'll yep. be more story-focused, like, basically more of a level from the base game. But, uh, no. Apparently it's just a hell gauntlet of pain, and it'll take you... <laughs> I was, like, looking it up, and people were like, yeah, it took me about five hours to get through. And I was like, oh, okay. I'm not interested anymore. <laughs> so... That is a... That sounds like a very existence yep, I... I really wanted to get through it, but in terms of me personally enjoying myself versus time spent, the the numbers just weren't there to justify me continue with it. So that that <laughs> that's a yeah. that's gonna be a no for me, dog. Definitely recommend at least playing through the base game if you're a fan of two D platform. It's definitely not for everyone though, because even in the base game, it's very hard. But yeah, it'll it'll definitely push you. It's very much like Cuphead. In that way where you can get through it normally, you know, through some pain and tears. But if you want to go for, you know, the higher ranks, 
it'll yeah it'll make you scream it'll make you throw your controllers it'll eat you alive kid basically so yeah for some reason i have a hunger for those types of games if they do it in a very specific way like both of those games very much motivate me to keep playing and then i get kind of addicted to it Mm -hmm. but i have I have achieved enlightenment because now I'm aware that that is a fault of mine. If it, <laughs> if it goes too far, I realize this is too far. Yeah. Since I was, yeah, not a happy boy. So I'm saying goodbye to Celeste and I've replaced it with, for some reason I've had hankering to get back to Donkey Kong Country 3, which is for free on uh, Switch Online's, Oh, it's in the... you know. The, streaming sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. It's part of a honestly that's a it's yeah, that's a Super Nintendo game. What am I saying? <laughs> yeah. So they've done a good job. They released all the Donkey Kong Country games, which is very surprising cuz they really release like one game every 2 months for that thing. Yep. So I'm surprised they managed to get an entire series out by now. Donkey Kong Country 2 is basically one of my favorite games of all time like we mentioned you know where's kingdom hearts one on that list uh (laughs) it's probably bumping elbows with donkey kong country 2 so i love that game i play it at least once every year and i remember this year specifically i really wanted to play it or i guess last year in 2020 but i was like well i feel like it'll come out on the switch online soon because they had donkey kong country a few months ago and I waited, and then finally they announced it, and I was like, yes. Because I definitely did not want to dig up my Wii U and plug that in to play it there. Uh, so, yeah, I love Donkey Kong Country 2. Donkey Kong Country 3, first of all, I didn't even know this game existed until much later in life, ah. in like my late teens. Yeah, I would, I, is... I would definitely say the same thing, actually, yeah, now that I think about it. Yeah, because it came out pretty much at the tail end of the Super Nintendo. Like, I think... The Nintendo 64 was already out at this point, actually, which is wild. So it didn't get a lot of attention. So I found out about it much later, and I didn't play it until even later than that. So I think I dabbled in it with a ROM, you know, maybe when I was like 20-ish. But I only played a few levels. I played it through fully first time on Wii U about maybe three or maybe four years ago now. And yeah, it's a weird game. (laughs) It's very strange. It it still plays like a Donkey Kong Country Country game, yep. but just the uh, the vibe TM is just different. <laughs> like the enemy design is very strange. Mm-hmm. Where in Donkey Kong Country Two specifically, there was a pirate theme, so most of the enemies had some sort of pirate gimmick, or you know, they were like based on the themes of the worlds they were in. So like maybe they're like little ghosties, yep. or maybe they're just you know bugs. But here they're all just normal. So the Kremlings, they're just naked crocodiles. Oh. And they're just walking around and it's just weird because it's it's kind of uncanny. <laughs> and they all like most enemies just have some sort of weird unpleasantness to them. <laughs> you can't accept me at For my example, best, you can't handle me at my worst. Yeah. <laughs> or the other way around. Like I the say, bees. Yeah. yeah, the bees. They're not just bees, because, you know, bee, the bees, zingers, are a co- pretty common yep. uh, Donkey Kong enemies. They're kind of like Koopas in that vein, mm-hmm. where they're in most of the games. Uh, but here, they're bees fused with buzz saws. So, <laughs> like, they're bee butts. 
have buzz saws for some reason. Like, as if they weren't already dangerous enough. And there's, like, like they have mufflers. It's very strange. But wait, there's more. I think what they were going for is the villain is K. Rulenstein. Mm. So it's K. Rule as, like, a mad scientist. Yeah. So I think what they were going for is these are his mad experiments. But that's only a handful of the enemies. Like I said, most of them are just Generic. weird, yeah. regular animals. Yeah, it's like the Kongs are sentient, but then you have just basically regular animals walking around. I mean, they're still on two legs, but there's nothing else about them that would suggest like they're anthropomorphized. Yeah, or just have some sort of like higher intelligence. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm about two worlds and it's it's fun, but it's... I more appreciate it as a historical artifact than an actual game. Yeah. It's fun going back to older games. Definitely. And seeing this is this is what was kind of... Like, it very much reeks of late 90s Donkey Kong Country 3 mm-hmm. in terms of just kind of... Like, I think grungy is the word I would give to it. Okay. Yeah. So, check it out. Like I said, it's free on the um, Switch Online if you have the premium subscription thing. Uh, definitely check out Donkey Kong Country 2 first, if you haven't, because, like I said, that's one of my favorite games. But Oh, uh, yeah, I would definitely check out Donkey Kong. Donkey Kong Country in general has been a pretty, uh, a pretty solid series, at the very least. Oh, yeah. Um, oh. The original is actually, I think it's pretty middle of the road. Mm-hmm. I do enjoy... And then 2 just takes everything it did and runs with it. Exactly. I prefer 2 much more than I did uh, DKC1. Uh, also, here's your hashtag fact. Uh, I'm about to say, uh, I completely botched that. But here's your hashtag fast facts, or I guess fact check, whatever you prefer to call it. Uh, the the Switch came out in late '96, about two months after. You mean the '64? I mean the Nintendo '64. God. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna go home. Bye, everybody. Okay. I yeah. This '64 launched in the fall of '96, and two months after that is when DK. DKC3 hit stores nationwide. It's weird to think of, you know, major console exclusives coming out after the next console comes out. Yeah. I'm trying to think of other examples. Yeah. I'm trying to. Because usually when you think of, like, games at the end of a console's life, they're just, like, you know, Madden mm-hmm. <laughs> or things that people don't care about. Yeah. Maybe someday we will. Be able to suckle on the teats of the PlayStation Five. I've seen more people I know get them, surprisingly, but they are still. Hey, I am restocked, and now I'm not. Okay, so that's Captain Marshall's game corner. We'll definitely have to cut some of that out. Yep. Maybe, <laughs> maybe we'll save it for a, a Patreon exclusive. Baby, funny. That's not a thing yet. <laughs> yet, yet they said. Yes, we are about humble podcasters. Podcasters for Kingdom Hearts is what you're here for. We have arrived at Traverse Town. It exists. So, first of all, right off the bat, is it Traverse Town or Traverse Town? Uh, the word is definitely Traverse, like I'm going to go traverse the plains today. But yep. it is... Did you ever say it? Did you ever say it? Yep, I was trying to rack my brains. I don't think in the first game. Maybe in, like, Coded, or maybe even in Melody of Memory, because Kyrie has these weird vocal recaps. Mm-hmm. But I, I couldn't tell you what it is off the top of my head, if there is an official pronunciation. Okay. 
I can tell you that everybody and their mom says Traverse Town. Yep. Just as a name for this humble, cozy place that we all love, Traverse definitely yeah, sounds better. So, I think I'll name my firstborn Traverse. <laughs> <laughs> Travis, come here. No, mom, it's pronounced Traverse. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So before we get too into it, I would like to issue a hmm, correction from last episode. Uh, a friend Go of mine it. who knows Japanese pointed out that Kai, it doesn't actually mean water per se, it means ocean, which mm-hmm. makes sense because, you know, Kairi's all about the ocean. Uh, she's, she's hashtag yes. beach girl. And then Riku <laughs> doesn't necessarily mean earth, it's more like, more like, you know, beach slash the land where oh. that meets the the ocean or or maybe it's just land but it's not like earth in the sense of like you know a pokemon ground type or an earthbender yeah i guess i conflated them with um the birth by sleep trios naming scheme because that's much more direct yeah you really said like earth and i'm like there's another name for earth i'm like oh terra's a name it's more about the uh the theme than the exact literal definition so just wanted to get gotcha, that out of gotcha, the way. Gotcha. Oh, oh that, that reminds me of a correction for episode one that I keep forgetting to to tell everybody. In fact, I think I just deleted from my notes because I was moving some stuff over. In the first episode, we did say, and I guess this goes to show, this Lily Carbon dates us, uh, that summons are in the magic <gasps> section. I will say in the remix ports, so the PS3 and the PS4 port, and we, were, we were really talking about the uselessness yep. of that fourth <laughs> So they changed slot it. in the menu, and then I was like, "It, it is it, it, yeah." In in the ports, it is in fact oh, the summons. Okay. Yeah, so, I definitely do not remember that on top of my head, but that makes total sense. I, I, when I was when we were going through editing and listening to it, I was like, "Huh? Do they really not use it?" And then I I, I grabbed some screens and I was like, "Oh no, no okay." No, they they do just stick, they do stick some in there. So Traverse Town. So I saved at the accessory shop before starting this new session so i started at the accessory shop and yeah to me the accessory shop is basically the hub within the hub like that's that is your home base essentially oh yeah i would would say so next to olympus like the coliseum lobby that's probably my most frequent save spot location save (laughs) it's yeah it's just it's just cozy like i imagine a lot of you know fanfics of like the gang just spending their downtime there, to, like in between worlds. There is a fireplace. Yes, there's a fireplace which you can actually Everything light up, you could ever and it sparkles and cracks, and you can warm your buns. And then you can also douse the flame because life is nothing but yes. pain. So yeah, it's just it's cool to see an interior location that's this well. I mean, I don't want to like talk it up too much, but it's it's thought out as a place. You know, there's all, all the different shelves and like displays and you can see that this is a shop as opposed to in later games you get storefronts which if they're not just a holographic moogle it's just a person in a stall <laughs> awkwardly and there's nothing really around them yep there's not really a there's they don't have a vibe going on unfortunately kingdom hearts ones and it has more indoors locations and you don't really see that a lot as the series goes forward so just another yeah, I touch of coziness that this game has. And so, one thing I want to, because it's one of my bullet points, the NPC designs. Do they make you feel any type of way? 
Because this is, I, I mean, and I can be corrected, it's definitely the place with the most talkable NPCs. For sure. But they are also, to my knowledge, the only original ones, because the rest of our worlds, the Kingdom Hearts besides one. the end of the game, will, will all, yeah, yeah, yeah. They'll, they'll all be Disney worlds outside of Traverse Town and Hullabash in the final world. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you're totally right. They're eclectic, <laughs> which I, I guess that's kind of the point, because they're all from different worlds, theoretically. Yes. Um, so let's let's go through them one by one because there's not that many. So, I guess the most iconic is um, how would I describe him? Dumpy, side parted <laughs> hair guy with the blue vest. Yes, he, uh, uh, the, he takes over the accessory the accessory shop. The new accessory shop guy once once sits when Sid moves on. Yeah, he's got his he's got his, he's got his best Beethoven powdered wig, uh, ass <laughs> exactly. look. He's either twins or triplets, because there's a few of them floating around. He probably looks like the most belonging there. Like, he looks like a village denizen of, like, old-timey. Yeah, I would say, except I I don't have, like, a rank. Like, these, this is my top ten favorite villagers in Kingdom Hearts 1. <laughs> but out of, like, I guess all of them, like, he's one of the two that stands out to me in my head and also just design-wise, I would say. Yeah, well, he, you know, he gets that whole cutscene which kind of really shines a light on him so and that sense he <laughs> will stand out naturally mm-hmm. so he's i guess you would say quote unquote good <laughs> there's foxy lady foxy lady <laughs> she's just like a woman in like a, a white top a green skirt with a the, the the trademarkable uh hair covering one eye yep as 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 normal women walk around she's very um Meg from Hercules-esque. I, I can see that, yeah. Yeah, so I like her because, like I said, she's foxy, so she's got a real tune to her. So one of the first lines she says when you talk to her is, where am I from? None of your business. Don't ask that oh. question here. Everyone's got unhappy past. So, yeah, she's got a spark to her. Which... She's a lady in, she's like the lady in the back of the bars, just yeah. having a smoke. <laughs> just a kid, leave me the hell alone. Yeah, and it's refreshing, honestly, because, you know, most Kingdom Hearts characters are very happy-go-lucky, especially if they're talking to Sora. Definitely, yep. I like how she paints this picture of, you know, Traverse Town basically being a refugee world. Mm-hmm. You know, there's this dark undertone to it where most of these people probably have pretty messed up backstories. Yeah, it just paints the stakes more of, like, yeah, these are real people whose lives have been ruined by the encroaching darkness. I really like that mm-hmm. line of dialogue. As for her design, um, I mean, yeah, it's good. <laughs> it's, it is a design. We can yeah. say that. It's pretty generic in terms of a female character, but I mean, it works. I'm, I mean, at least they they have a woman. <laughs> they have a single woman. We have, to, we have a quota to meet, guys. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I, I do like her. I'd like to learn more about her. Who is she? Uh, next up, we have uh, Titus Light. We have Titus Knockoff. Yes. He, I mean, he's like the first one you see. He spurred this entire note that I have. Okay. What do you think of the NPC designs? Because he is just Titus with a different color scheme. And it it doesn't irk me. And like I, I know like I sound like I'm like, how dare they do this? But I'm more just like, the, the other NPC designs are can be original or uninspiring or generic. But why make Titus light? Why, why do we have shiny Titus sitting in here? <laughs> we know regular Titus... Or, or walk, and the, the others got whisked away, 
where the island's probably got destroyed. So why is Titus Light over here? Yeah, maybe, maybe it's just Titus and like he just got messed up in the. Um... Or he's wearing a disguise. He's like a uh, uh, crap source coming. Yeah, uh, uh, I don't want brown that. hair. Uh, spray my clothes. <laughs> so there are a few key differences. So his it's not a little one to one. His outfit's slightly different. His shorts aren't that weird, like asymmetrical thing. Yes. <laughs> um, his hair's I think his hair's kind of different, but. The thing that sticks out to me is he's got he's kind of got like bags under his eyes. Like he he looks like he's seen some stuff. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, was, yeah, go ahead. Based on based on Foxy Lady's conversation, they've all yeah. seen some stuff. So yeah. maybe, maybe. Um, and then we have uh, the, I guess I was about to say you know, I'm going to commit to it. We have Big Chungus. Big Chungus. Uh, yes. Big Chungus. So there's a yeah a large man in. I, I, he's also got a pretty simple getup to him. So he is definitely my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> Why is he your favorite? So I also had this note. Um, how do you imagine? Like, how does his voice sound in your head? Almost like a, I would say, I guess, generic, content character in okay. my head. Like uh, I'm trying to think just a line. Like, uh, oh, like, oh, how are you doing today? Okay. So I've always had a very distinct voice, which. I would later come to realize, like, just now, it's basically a, a sort of Scottish Kevin Malone from The Office. Ah. Uh. <laughs> I'm trying to think of one of his lines. Basically, like, <clears throat> okay, oh my gosh, I'm going to mess it up. Do it, do it, do it. Ah, uh, no matter where you go, money always talks. <laughs> you got, <laughs> the puppies have been missing. You got to go find the puppies. <laughs> where he's like kind of straining to get the words out because his cheeks yeah. are so puffy. <laughs> yeah, I was going through in my head and it totally sounds like Kevin. But if you look at him, he looks, he just looks like Kevin from The Office. He's definitely I, got that I energy. I can definitely see that. <laughs> so yeah, I like him a lot. I guess because I, I associate him with the Dalmatians because I feel like he has a few lines about them. So like, to me, he's got a little bit of a story. Like maybe, you know... Maybe he puts out some milk and treats for them. He looks like he would just read you a nice story, give you some cookies, make sure you're doing all right. But um, okay. no, the the real Papa Bear, as we come to find out, is is yeah. Sid. Final Fantasy VII Sid, to be specific, because every right. damn Final Fantasy past like three has a Sid, but it's specifically for those who care. And I I guess I as I was those who care, and then I am mad. I was like, wait a minute, I care a lot. Uh, yeah, it's, it's it's Sid Highwood. Sid Highwood specifically. Sid is, Sid is Sid is daddy. Sid is yes. Yeah, he like takes Sora under his wing. Wants to make sure he's doing okay. Also, the only Final Fantasy character who doesn't have any voice lines. Yep, that's Nomura, exactly what I was gonna say. We gonna have a talk. <laughs> yeah, so he's he's interesting in that way because. I also had a voice for him, but I can't remember it now, because then in Kingdom Hearts 2, he did get lines, and he did, he's he, like a hick. Which is, he, yeah. Which is weird. Sid, he, Sid, I mean, I guess all... I, guess, I wouldn't say all Sid's are, are grumpy grandpa, because some are lighthearted grandpa, but Sid Highwind is definitely a, like a... Uh, like, I struggle to get out of bed every morning type yeah, of character. Yeah, he's, he's definitely grumpy, but I didn't imagine with, like, a southern twang. So, one thing which maybe we should have brought up last episode, but whatever, it's fine. So we have our Kingdom Keep, right? We do. But what do we think of that design? 
I was about to turn around as if I had the kingdom key behind me. I do have a kingdom key. I do have a kingdom key. I'm a real gamer. But it's in it's in my living room. That I'm in I, I have a, a keychain of it. Yes. Mm-hmm. I I think it's iconic. I mean, I think they're to Name me. Name a more iconic key. So you, you can't. Uh, I really like the kingdom key design. It's I think it's when I say I really like it, I think it gets all the points across. It's hey, what am I? I'm a key, but also a blade. There are two parts of the keyblade. The key and the blade. The keyblade definitely does blunt damage, not slashing damage. Yep. Nomura, but keyblade's a good name. It's definitely a solid design. But, as I mentioned last episode, it also suffers from the Pikachu effect for me. (laughs) Yep. Where I think the breaking point was when you start to see two kingdom keys on screen at once. (laughs) (laughs) That's when your mind truly ascends, but also descends at the same time. For example, in Melody of Memory, with the the day's team of Axel, Roxas, and Xion, both Roxas and Xion oh, have oh, kingdom keys. Oh. So it just it just yeah. cheapens it for me. We're like, okay, exactly. this isn't Sora's keyblade. It's just you know the keyblade. So in that like, sense, I'm like, yeah, eh, like I like exactly, you, but. I can only like you so much. So like, uh, well, I, I can also see other people. Yeah, say. exactly. <laughs> I'm definitely in a rush to change it out as soon as I get a new keyblade. I can see that, yeah, because we have Sora has his Sora has Kingdom Key. Roxas and Xion can wield it. Mickey gets Kingdom Key D. Yep. I think I think that's the extent of our our, our Kingdom Keys, but you well, know, after it's, a while, it's, it's in the Keyblade, which. Uh, that's a whole nother... True, true, true. Oh, don't you mean the X-Blade? <laughs> yep, yeah. No, it's it's definitely good design. It has... It's interesting in terms of, you know, lore, the design. So, okay. the um, the negative space and the key, the key portion, like the teeth, um, is Sora's crown icon. Mm-hmm. Which is, you know, a little detailed that... I think most people know now, but was definitely like, oh, I didn't realize that. And and then the key charm, the the keychain, I mean, is yep. a Mickey head, which yes. just I understand <laughs> meta why it's Disney. like that. <laughs> but within the context of the game, like why? What? How is Mickey not like? Oh wait, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> this like arcane weapon of like that binds the universe together is like defined my face on it (laughs) and then but yeah then it mixes Sora's crown symbol which he has on his necklace so that's also like well is there some sort of significance to that so Mm -hmm. but it goes even further when you look at it in the equipment screen and you read the description which is always blow my mind because I don't know what it means but basically it says not basically word for word it says the keychain attached draws out the keyblade's true form and power. Mickey is the center of the universe, don't you know? <laughs> it's what does it mean? So I always kind of wondered: Does this mean that the Kingdom Key is not Sora-specific keyblade? It's it's you know the default keyblade. So who, if anyone were to have it, it would be this. Yes. But then everything else in the series paints it as this is Sora's keyblade, basically. Because every other character has their own signature keyblade. And yep. even Mickey, like, you know, you mentioned the Kingdom of KD, that's not his standard keyblade. He has right. a unique design. 
why does Sora get the quote-unquote true form of the Keyblade? Because this game heavily leaned towards... I don't know if we're going to get a sequel. Sora's <laughs> definitely the chosen one. And let's hammer that crap in. Yeah. Yeah, so I don't want to belabor the point. Uh, there's yeah. a lot of Keyblade shenanigans. A, a, good, a good quote. I, for, for, someone definitely said to me recently, but a syndrome from Incredibles, when everybody's super nobody is, everybody gets huh. a Keyblade. The Keyblade isn't special yeah. anymore. Mm, you're hitting the nail on the head there. So, yeah. <laughs> We so Sid tells us to basically go on, little lamb, explore the town, which you can do. Exactly. So yeah, you're basically free to just go wherever. Um, I wanted to highlight one of the lines from Little Moogle and the First District, which basically it just explains how Traverse Town works, just as a level, which is cool. So he says, hmm, "What should my Moogle voice be?" Mm, let's see. Seeing all this town will take some time, Koopa. Especially for new summits. <laughs> Even if you can't go to certain areas now, you'll be able to go later. That's, uh, yeah. Basically explains, this is a world you will keep coming back to, and more will be unlocked as, you know, you get more abilities, basically. Mm -hmm. And that that's the beauty of Traverse Town. Now that you say that, it, it makes a lot of sense. I do appreciate it, definitely. Yeah, like, even, even with Twilight Town, which would be the closest... To, you know, a hub world. And I guess Radiant Garden, but eh, I'm not as confident about that one. But even yeah, Twilight Town, correct. there's not really so much uh, going, like, visiting repeatedly. Like, I think Twilight yes. Town and Cage 2, you can pretty much get everything you need in two visits. And so, yeah, like two... Well, you come back... You do, you go there twice for story reasons. But yeah, two... There's like... You don't go back more than a handful of times. Yep. Really. Whereas after Traverse Town... You come back probably, I would say, story-wise, at least probably four or five times during the mm -hmm. course of the game. And probably even more if you're passing through or you want to go back to, a, you know, it's a central location. Yeah. Uh, we talked about, how, we talked about, like, shops in future games, but the, the shop, the shop, it really only exists in Traverse Town for KH1. So yep. you'll, you'll, you'll see these walls. You'll see these walls many, many times. Yeah. You're free to explore. I scooched around the first district and I checked out the item shop, which is being run by uh, Donald's nephews. We don't know how they got there. They yep. never answered that question. <laughs> yep, like are they lost to me? They they're definitely from Disney Castle. So yep. yeah, how are they there, and why are they there? I guess they don't want to explain too much, but they could have easily had a cutscene of exactly like, Donald's seeing flabbergasted upon meeting them yeah you know there's there's actually no dialogue so yep but i guess i actually kind of like it this way ignoring pluto who's basically just a dog the the nephews could be your first real disney character encounter of like here are these little duck boys <laughs> uh. <laughs> but i love how it's just played completely straight like you just enter the item shop and they're there and like you said, there's there's no cutscene, there's no like big celebration like Disney. There's Foxy Lady, Titus Light, Sid, and then Duck Boys. <laughs> yeah, you're exactly right. They're played as they have as much fanfare as the other NPCs. So like, I just think that's really cool how like the game doesn't shove <laughs> the game doesn't shove the Disney in your face. Of course, it does that. But I mean, like, it's just a very smooth transition from. So basically seeing this new world, right? Where, yeah, 
here's this completely new type of character that Sora's meeting, but this this is just how it is because this is what other worlds are like. I don't know. It's just kind of surreal to just see them, and also because you know they're Disney characters and a and an original world, which is always fun to see. Definitely. So yeah, let's see. Where did you agree with the cutscene of what are we gonna call him, <laughs> Melvin? I think Melvin's a, Melvin is a fantastic name for this character. <laughs> we see poor Melvin. Melvin's freaking. Well, what dead. what do we see happening to Melvin? <laughs> he just he. You don't even see him get attacked, really. He just kind of, like, falls over and loses his heart. Was his heart stolen, or did he succumb to darkness? I think his heart was, I want to say stolen, but it, because there is a vagueness to the, to the scene, like, I think it's implied that he is being attacked, yeah. even though he doesn't get attacked. Yeah, but, it's very uh, strange. Unless he, he committed a great sin, and then he's like, I gotta run away! But then I tripped in maybe front of this kid! Maybe he stole something? Although, if, if that's if that's grounds for turning into heartless, jeez, this is like Catholicism. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, I, 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 I do think that he was just attacked, but it would have been nice to see like a heartless show up, and he's right. like, My life! My heart! No. Yeah, the only reason I bring it up is because it is such an important point that gets hammered on a lot throughout the series so yeah it's just weird to see like the first instance of someone turning into a heartless is portrayed this way because then and kingdom hearts 2 is what i'm thinking of in the mulan world you see some characters they they just straight up turn into the heartless like there's no them losing their hearts they're they're humans and then a second later they're heartless so Maybe it's just a lack of consistency, or maybe something different happened there, but <laughs> yeah, this is a very muddled way to communicate the process. No Mora. I'm just gonna say I'm just gonna say no Mora. <laughs> and it'll answer every question, but also raise more questions. Alright, so yeah, you run around, you explore, there's some few chests to find. So I I went from the second district to the alleyway. There are a few chests in the alleyway. And yeah, I just noticed how I really love the color scheme of the chests in the first game, specifically the red and yellow ones. Cause... Yeah, because we, we, were, we were kind of dabbling in that last time. Yeah. Because we, we have red and yellow, we have the blue locked ones we're about to find out about, and then we do have the green ones, the green kind of generic boxy ones. Yeah, the chests are just a real nice gimme gimme. Uh, they're very tantalizing because they really stand out with the environments. So yeah, I was going through and I was thinking about... Do you prefer how the first game you have to defeat all the enemies to unlock the chest? Or do you like just being able to, you know, unlock any chest, like whether you're in combat or not? Uh, the, the, the former, I guess the latter. Ooh. I'm not sure if we mentioned first. Wait, the latter? But usually I'll, I'll, uh, I'll beat up everything and then collect my chests. Okay. I think most people would say they like the convenience of just being able to open them whenever. But yeah, I I kind of like this Kingdom Hearts 1 approach of... No, you have you have you literally have to earn the chest. You have to defeat all the enemies, and then you can open it. Because I, it kind of gives them more value. It's like I worked for this, but it also emphasizes the exploring more. Like you have to go out of your way for these chests, basically. Whereas in yeah. Kingdom Hearts Two onwards, like it's it's literally just a checklist, right? Like it's more streamlined, and you can just pick them up yeah. like, wherever. There are some in the weird places, but one. Yep. I mean, one is a, one. One in general, we, we talked about. I think in episode one, one is very more exploratory heavy. So I feel like half your chests are 
kind of in plain sight, and half of them are going to be sneakily hidden around the map. Mm -hmm. There's one chest in particular, which I never knew about until, like, this year, literally. (laughs) Well, what was your route? Because the way this first half of the world works is, basically, you just go from area to area, and Donald and Goofy will follow you anytime you leave an exit basically any yeah anytime you spend time looking for them or looking for your friends or whoever you're really looking for to be honest they'll pop out of a different place so my route was go to second district jump down to the fountain go to the alleyway go to the dalmatian house yep pop up in front of the dalmatian house then i went to the hotel then the gizmo shop mutzed around in the third district and then went back (laughs) i did the exact same thing (laughs) but it's weird because yeah the third district is just a dead end so it's it's like they didn't intend you to go there, but I did. Yeah, it's. I mean, well, so to trigger, to trigger the story, you do have to go to all three districts because you basically have to tell Sid, "Oh, I've looked everywhere. I don't know what else to do." And then the story progresses. So I'm not. But yeah. I don't think that's true. Actually, I think because <gasps> I I watched this in a video recently. All you have to do to trigger, you know, the progression in the first district is you just have to, you have to defeat five Shadow Heartless. Yeah, so I, I didn't test it because, yeah, I wanted to explore. But, yeah, I always just assumed you would have to just look everywhere. Okay. Basically. But you could, you know, like if you're speed running, for example, like you could just speed it up by just, I think five Heartless show up like right there immediately when you're in I'm about to say, I think district. five show up as soon as you walk into second district. Yeah. So I feel like it's just like, boop, 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 I'm done, see you. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I explored just as thorough as you did, and I was surprised that... Upon exiting the Dalmatian house, because I was trying to defeat every Heartless, basically. But, um, uh, I done died. <laughs> <laughs> from, um, First death. Yeah, from, I think it was from the Shadows? But, yeah. Nothing, yeah so nothing but Shadows at this point, yeah. Because soldiers pop up. Yeah. Right before the boss, basically. I mean, they're they're the grunts of the whole game, so they're the easiest enemy. But they'll gang up on you, right? So, like, if you, if you whiff an attack or your position's not right, with the finisher, you'll be in a lag state, and then one can just kind of snipe you if they're close enough. I can see that, yeah. So yeah, I died, and I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> How much did you level up during this like exploration phase? Like, specifically before the boss of this level? I I went to the, giz- I went to the gizmo shop, so I think maybe yep. twice or three times. Because the gizmo shop is kind of just a constant spawn point for a good amount of time. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, so did you get any good abilities? Because you, you chose sword? Uh, I, I chose shield. And, uh, I, cho- I chose the shield, not rid of sword. Okay. I I have slapshot at this point. Yeah, I think it's, I got slapshot right before I left the islands. Or right before, right as I got into Traverse Town, actually. So I got an ability before the game even says, hey, here's what an ability is. Yep. Uh, and slapshot is like a good, it's a, it's one of the finishers, yeah. Well, no, Slapshot, it's the opening move, right? Oh, no, you're right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is always okay. confused me, because yeah. I don't really understand the purpose of Slapshot. I... I guess it, like, closes the distance quicker? But no, that that's more Sliding Dash, but... That's, slide, that's, uh, that's 100% Sliding Dash, yeah. Although Sliding Dash is much slower. Yeah, I guess Slapshot's more like, this is a really... <laughs> uh, frame two data because <laughs> it does come out much quicker than the standard uh, first hit maybe that's what they were going for yeah so I got at level six because <laughs> I chose staff I got stun impact 
Oh wow, that's a that's a that's a finisher to get early on. Jeez. Yeah. So first of all, it's a final mix exclusive ability, which is cool because I just remember the first time I played through, it was just so wild to see all these new abilities because they they really added a lot to um, your basic move set. Yep. So yes, yeah, stun impact's one of them, and it's a crazy ability to get this early for both balancing and story purposes. Basically, stun impact you just Sora just explodes this aura of energy. How does he know how to do that? <laughs> I feel like, because uh, I'm just through Final Fantasy VII right now, I feel like it's a it's a very like suspension of disbelief. Like, yeah. how can these people take several these normal people take several bullets worth of attacks and still be standing? <laughs> and, and at that point, yeah, I feel like it's just eh. Don't think about yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Much. I just think it's hilarious, because he doesn't even have fire yet, but he's able exactly. to, like, project his chi, basically. <laughs> exactly. I'm gonna manifest this, basically, like, this energy field, and just knock out. So, yeah, that's yeah. that's just wild to see. He just picked up this move off the spot. But also, it's, yeah, it's a really good ability. So what it does is, as the name implies, it stuns your enemies. So any enemy within the field, because it's, it's got a pretty decent range on it. Um, they'll just be stunned and they won't do anything. Uh, so it has, it says a 30% chance of activating on the ability, but it, it comes out pretty frequently. Like you can get two or yep. three in a row sometimes. But yeah, that's super yeah, helpful because especially with yeah. so many um, like mob fights this early, like you can stun the whole group and then, you know, pick off the one. Yeah, being sworn by shadows and just be like, how about no? Yeah. So yeah, that was a nice little surprise. Yep, I was ready to meander back on to the first district um but she's now being overrun by enemies yes which is the only time you see it in the whole game because this is supposed to be yes. your safe zone not anymore i bet not anymore i mean like this one time there'll be enemies here yeah so yeah that's just kind of unsettling to say the least like oh god there's no escape mm, i definitely in past playthroughs i don't know why the heartless are scary to me when i was just when i was younger here but they're just like, I'm supposed to be safe here. And I was just run past all of them right to sit shop. Uh, but this time, I definitely went around and I was like, I'm going to kill every last one of them. And I did. Ah, uh, I just ran. I was, also, I was also just curious where they would spawn. So they spawn oh, directly man. in front of you when you come back. And they spawn in the plaza and kind of in front of sit shop a little bit. Like on the path, like the stairs downward. Okay. Yeah, no, I totally hear you. Like, for some reason, it feels like it's more severe now. So it is kind of more intimidating that they've kind of invaded the first district so now it's like okay we should probably retreat <laughs> yep so yep you go back to papa sid yeah he has i think at this point he just has this line where it's very sweet he's basically like i'll take care of you like no matter what i love you <laughs> you're <laughs> you're i've only known this anime protagonist for five minutes but uh, i've had all of it for five minutes if anything were happened to him i'd kill everyone in this room and then myself <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if that doesn't describe Sid to a D. <laughs> yep, you you leave. Full of, I was about to say hope, but with the exact opposite. You're like, well, what do I do now? And then, uh, plot armor. I just said plot armor. Plot uh, <laughs> comes swinging in with a giant gunblade at you. Yep, so enter Leon. Not Squall whatsoever. His name is Leon. <laughs> yep, we should mention his voice actor is David Orianes, who 
you don't know who that is, it's um, Angel from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I was about to say, I don't know who that is. He's also Angel from Angel. He's Angel. <laughs> and he's also in the show Bones, which is more recent. Oh, yeah, he's in Bones. Yeah. But yeah, at the time, let's see, Buffy wrapped up at in 2003, but he had already... Angel had started before that, like around 2000. Yeah. 2001? 2000 or 2001, maybe? Yeah, it was the fourth season of Buffy, which I think was 2000. So yeah, he had his own show at this point. So he was pretty, you know, a pretty decent name. But yeah, he comes strolling in, mansplaining what the Keyblade is, basically. <laughs> I'll also come looking for you, as long as you wield the Keyblade. 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 I love the Keyblade. Yeah, no, he's very, he's a little too into the Keyblade, if you ask me. <laughs> I mean, anyone who's lost their world to darkness and then end up here, I think, has seen some crap. But I think Leon is a uh, definitely tops the chart. In I guess, in terms of, I wouldn't even say he's seen some stuff, but like his definitely his mood was like, uh, I've seen too much already. Yeah, I can't remember if it's something I just inferred or if someone kind of mentions it at some point, but. You can kind of assume that his whole motivation, you know, for wanting the Keyblade is basically to redeem himself and to save his world, which I, I feel like, I don't know, I feel like they don't really expand on that enough, because after this, he doesn't really, well, I guess in the second visit, he touches on keyholes and stuff, but he doesn't really talk about the Keyblade much after this. No, he kind of explained, after his, like, I guess I wouldn't say part one and part two, this and right after the boss fight are basically all he talks about. Or yeah. It's a big exposition dump, I think. Like, we finally get some kind of clarification. Yep. But yeah, it. I have to wonder, how much does he actually know about the Keyblade? I mentioned this last episode, like, why would Leon know about this? But did mm -hmm. Mickey tell him? Because he's asking Sora, like, hand over that Keyblade, but that's... I mean, Mickey's the center of the universe, so... True. <laughs> it's possible. But, yeah, it is kind of up in the air. Yeah. Like, that's not how Keyblades work. You can't just take it. Except you can. <laughs> Except you can. And, I mean, even later, in right, or post, this, uh, post this instance, he even takes Sora's Keyblade, lifts it up, and then, you know, it goes back to him. But, regardless, he he's set on beating up a 14-year-old kid. Fight, 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 fight. <laughs> so, yep, this is one of those fights that you can win or lose or draw can't draw you'll probably lose to be honest uh yeah if it's your first time <laughs> leon's definitely at this point the only thing you've really been a threat is dark side honestly and even that's pretty simple leon's the first thing of i mean dark side's probably a hit and run but only because you can only attack him at certain points so i feel like leon's definitely like you know you're used to just swinging into things and being fine well, Leon was the first, he's like, oh, swing it to me, kid, and I will eat you alive. <laughs> yeah, he's he's got some cheeky moves, so he doesn't really get stunned, and he his attack pattern's not very predictable, so he has his, he's actually got a very basic moveset. He'll shoot fire, and then he'll do, like, a two-swing hit, but yeah. usually your opening's after the two swings, but sometimes he'll just decide, mm, I'm gonna do another right now, in your face. And there goes half your health. <laughs> exactly. It's one of those fights where you need to be careful because you take about two to three hits and you're going to be in the red. Yeah, totally. I <laughs> I died seven times to him, and 
I saved in the accessory shop, so I kept mm. restarting. <laughs> but eventually, I did get him. But regardless, Sora still passes out. You still like still lose the fight, kind of, yeah. sort of, yeah. <laughs> but um, I think I think he's intimidating because he has that really big jump. <laughs> oh, definitely. It's like, oh my god, what is he doing? <laughs> He will, uh, he has that, he, just, he has a, I wouldn't call it a back dash, it's a back hop. Yeah. Just put some distance between you two. Yeah, and also, like, the battle arena is awkward, like, especially where you first start off. There's, like, that yeah, corner. Yeah, you start off in front of, yeah, you start off in the, sh- in the shop, like, at the top of the stairs. Yep. So, that, that right there is, I mean, I wouldn't call it a hallway, but it is kind of a hallway, because you're limited, but there is an opening right next to you. Yep. So, if you knock him into the corner near the balcony like that's kind of danger zone because then yeah he won't really do that back step because he won't have room so he's he's literally (laughs) an animal backed in the corner at that point so yeah he's unpredictable i really like his his fire animation like the spell casting for some reason i always assumed he he would just shoot it out of his his gun blade no that would make sense we can't do that (laughs) But no, he like casts it from his hand, but it's got like a really slow buildup, which is probably to like you know telegraph it more. But I think it's just cool to see him casting it differently than you know how Sora and Donald and other magic characters will just instantly literally just shooting it shooting it through their weapon. Yeah, like I like how he like the one character that would make sense to shoot a spell through his weapon and he doesn't do it. Yep, but I, but also yeah, understandably it is fine. Yeah, the animation's cool. I think it strikes more terror into my heart than anything. Yeah, because it's like... Has... I see the fire, and I'm like, ah! Yeah. <laughs> uh, my strategy to jump, I, I always just, like, jump in at him. Yep. Uh, when it's about to fire off, because it kind of... Once once it uh, once he casts it, it'll go to... You know, it's like, where is Sora right now? Okay, I'm gonna go in that direction. Yep. So if you kind of jump as, he, as it's trying to cast off, it'll go wide, and you'll be in, pro- most likely in his face, be able to give him the one too. Mm-hmm. So yeah, eventually I overcame him, and then you see you meet Yuffie Yuffie. Yuffie or Yuffie? The great ninja Yuffie. I'm the great ninja Yuffie. Uh, so yeah, another interesting pick, because she's an optional party member. Also true, yeah. I uh, I do kind of forget going through 7. As I'm playing 7 now, that Yuffie and Vincent are two two optional party members because I always get them. Yeah, so I, I played the game the first time last year and I remember Yuffie, she's actually pretty tricky to get because you have to answer her little questions in a very specific way. Mm-hmm. You also have to go through, yeah, yeah, you have to go through her area too. The way I've done it in the past is just camp, not, I, just, I shouldn't say camp out in her area, but just run around kind of looking for her encounter so I can just make sure I get Yuffie before something bad happens or I forget about her or something basically. Yeah, and then you... You don't even use Yuffie after that because she's not terribly useful. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> but you have her. I don't know. Was she like an iconic Final Fantasy VII character at that point? I'm about to say, is there a, is there a uh, an early 2000s, late 90s character, Final Fantasy character yeah. pull? <laughs> and where did Yuffie place on it? Right. Like how was how Barrett not in Kingdom Hearts before Yuffie? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh. Anywho. Yuffie kind of chats up Leon, and then it cuts to what must be a very confusing cutscene for anyone who's playing for the first time. Oh, yeah. 
yeah, the final mix cutscenes are weird because they're not voiced because it's Japanese exclusive. I do. I probably because I've spent so much time with one and two, but every time I see a final mix cutscene, I turn into the uh, the wrecked doll meme. Uh, where Leo DiCaprio from <laughs> Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, where he's just he has his feet kicked up <laughs> and he points at the TV. Every time I see a final mix cutscene, just because I'm so used to the regular version cutscenes, I'm like, yeah. ooh, 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 ooh. it's a, it's all, it's always a little treat for me. Yeah, totally. Because yeah, it's it's still strange to see these cutscenes like on your TV because I'm used to just seeing them on you know. Let's see, what was it? The like file sharing site back in the day to like download Kingdom Hearts cutscenes. <laughs> I think they like Filefront or something, but. Anyways, that's neither here nor there. But yeah, you do get a little Maleficent tease at the end. But then cut back to uh, Sora in the hotel room, and Yuffie's chatting him up. And there's another one of those <laughs> patented Kingdom Hearts awkward line reads where Yuffie's talking about the Keyblade, and she says some line that's like, we had to get the Keyblade off of you. It's how they were tracking you. But then she immediately says... But it's your heart they're really after, because you wield the keyblade. It's your hat, Sora! <laughs> like, it's, it's just awkward because she says keyblade, like, once after another, but then the second way she says it, like, you know what I mean? Like, she's, like, introducing this idea of the keyblade. So. Uh-huh. Another weird line where something was just mixed up. So in Kingdom Hearts 1, Yuffie is voiced by uh, Christy Carlson Romano. Oh my goodness. Do you know who that is? Yeah, she's the sister of Neven Stevens. Oh, okay. Am I wrong? So she's she's the sister of Neven Stevens. I, I didn't grow up with Disney Channel, yes. so I don't really know any of their shows. Me neither, I just kind of know that. Now now I'm curious and I have to I have to make sure I'm right, but continue. Well, you probably are because <laughs> she's also uh, Kim Possible. Yes. Yes? Yes. <laughs> so while this is going on, Don and Goofy, who met up with Aerith are in the the next room. The red room. Yes. And Aerith is voiced by a much bigger name. Well, at least at the time. Uh singer songstress Mandy Moore. Yes. Who I, I think does a I do, I think she does a pretty good job. As like an like a as a character who's never been voiced before. Right. Uh I mean it's it's I think Aerith is, I wouldn't say a complicated character. I mean she's a complicated character. But her archetype of I guess soft soft girl. It's not an archetype, really, but yeah, it, does, it doesn't come across as, as anything. I guess absurd. I would say. Yeah. Well, she does a good job. Yeah, she's a simple character, but she's also a very important character, right? True. Like, I would say she was a character who would have a lot of expectations for how she would sound. Mm-hmm. So I think, in that sense, again, I think she does a good job, but. I didn't. I'm not invested in Aerith, so I wonder what people <laughs> who played Final Fantasy VII when it first came out would have to say. I think she did uh, an Aerith voice. I think that's fine. Yep, great job. That's pretty much. I mean, it's pretty much it. Yeah, she has another awkward line read, <laughs> which is probably the worst offender because it genuinely confused me as a kid. But it's when they're explaining the answer reports. And Goofy's like, well, gosh, can we see him? And, it, and he holds out his hands like a big doof. Like, oh, you thought she just had can them? Can we see him? And then she responds, its pages have been scattered. And 
and Donald asks, scattered? And then she's like, too many worlds. But Too many worlds. Yes. <laughs> so she says, too many worlds. Emphasizing the two, as if to say, there are too many worlds, and somehow the pages were scattered because of it. But no. The mm-hmm. subtitle reads, two, T-O, many worlds. The pages were scattered to many worlds. Which, even on its own, that's just a weird line to write. <laughs> yeah, but like, she says it like, she should have said it like, yeah, you just said, too many worlds. But <laughs> that's still just awkward to say. <laughs> I, I don't know what happened there. I'd love to... I'd love to hear slash read the the Japanese translation, like how that line was originally supposed to come off. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it, it honestly confused me because I thought it meant that like once the worlds were separated, somehow the answer report was also separated. But eh, back to the Leon choke. Uh, yeah, stuff starts to go down for real. Well, actually, you get a choice in the matter of when you can proceed. But not before, not before Leon explains to you that, hey, you know that giant key you're holding? It can unlock things. <laughs> hey, key do thing. <laughs> Try it out, kid. <laughs> hey, I uh, got locked out of my car. If you could just help me out. Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> yeah, I always liked that as kind of. I don't know, I guess side power of the Keyblade, because it makes sense. It's a giant key, but like, it's cool to me how it can just unlock anything. And I guess slightly problematic if you think about it too much. So then when you do decide to uh, proceed, the Heartless invade, and it's basically Code Red, everyone flees. And there's one of my favorite moments for this world, definitely, but when Leon bursts through the red room door, or I think Yuki does, and she slams the door. <laughs> oh yeah, one of uh, very few, I guess, Disney gags, or I would say cartoon gags. Really. Yeah, totally. Or yeah. Actually, actually, no, there, there's another one before that uh, I forgot to mention, but... The... Oh yes, when uh, when the, when Aerith do be creeping. No, 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 well that too, but no, I'm Okay, so there's even one before that! <laughs> no, it's after Aerith be creeping, but yes, that is mm-hmm. funny. And then, before uh, Yuki bursts through the door, but when Donald is like, wait! <laughs> and then he literally pulls the screen oh, down. Oh, he literally pulls the frame down from Goofy to him. <laughs> like, it's just... I love how Donald and Goofy are just kind of off doing their whole other side bit. <laughs> I, just, I mean, to be fair, they're in... They're still cartoon characters mm-hmm. in this world of uh, mostly anime protects. So I, th- I think it, it is still a nice touch of they still have their... I mean, I was on Twitter this morning, and I was looking at someone tweeted like a clip from Tom and Jerry, just talking about the dynamics of it. And I'm just, and I think it's the perfect pre-scene to talking about this, obviously, of just uh, everything else around them is kind of more grounded, but they are still kooky cartoon characters in yep. this world. Yeah, like Donald's kind of low-key my favorite character, <laughs> just because his gags are so good. I, I, I think so, yeah. Donald is, I mean, I was about to say he is this character, but Donald has always been this character. He's now just in... Right. So, the other gag that I was mentioning earlier is, uh, mm-hmm. he basically, he gets slammed by the door, and then he gets squished on the wall. Yes. If you remember Flat Stanley as a kid, <laughs> yeah, he's just got a little 2D image, which is really funny. Yep. Poor Donald. Poor, poor, poor... 
Donnell Duck. The Heartless Invade, the hotel, and they, they GTFO. Yep. There's this weird shot where the Heartless flies out the window. So, is that the Heartless jumping out of the window, or did Leon yeet it out? I, I always interpret it as Leon yeet! <laughs> yeah, because I, I think if you look closely, it does look like the animation where if you were to like do a combo on them, and then... Yeah, when they get knocked away. Yeah, you send them flying. Yeah, okay. I think that's what's happening. That probably makes more sense. I would. I think I definitely. Yeah, it's like a because he uh, does. Does it fly out the window and then Leon say Sora, let's go, or is it the other way around? Uh, I think it's Sora, let's go, and then Yeet. Yeah, cha. <laughs> Apparently, cha means throw heartless through a window <laughs> in my language. So, well, I, I, Leon, you, you do know your credit cards on file in this hotel, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true. <laughs> So yeah, this is our first sighting of the soldier, Heartless, which, mm-hmm. aside from the shadow, is also the grunt of the game. Um, yep. So what do we think of their design? They're soldiers. <laughs> I feel like they're they're a step up because they're not just black blobs. Yes. Um, and oh, we're playing Final Mix, so they have the recolor, and I'm yeah. just thinking of uh, For most of the recolors, I'll be honest, I'll just say out front and not to get to, to not dive into it. Most of the recolors I do not like in Final Mix, but yes. it, I don't, you know, it doesn't it doesn't take away from my enjoyment of the game. I, will, I can say that much at least. Yeah, I, I do wish we could, like, at least have the option, you know, because... To turn it off. But that's how you know you're playing the Final Mix version. The yeah. enemies, they're, they, they're all shiny variants. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I appreciate how it's there, because <laughs> they didn't have to do that, but it's just a fun touch, but... Yeah, yeah, some of them are not great. So I think the soldiers, much like a shiny, where it's like, okay, so you just made it worse. <laughs> yep, it does not get a good version. But the the soldier, I think, it along with the shadow, it's I mean, it's iconic for being the thing you probably beat up the most. And yep. it does set itself apart because shadows are kind of just blobs. Soldiers yep. have the same sort of like unnatural movement like uh, if you yeah like my, per- my first instinct is to like if you don't understand what i when i say when i say that go into the journal and just like look at a soldier model it literally just like almost almost like almost if, if one arm gets like pulled by like an unseen force and then the other arm gets pulled because it's kind of just like this jittery mess yeah they're very but, janky mm-hmm. But they do have, like, a blue and purple mixed in. They have the heartless symbol. They are emblem heartless. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they have a they have a helmet. So it does help distinguish them as different from the soldiers. But also still, I mean, still a design that says all it needs to say in the title. They're, like, peak Kingdom Hearts design for me. Like You think so? Yeah, because, like, they're soldiers. So it's kind of like this fantasy trope, right? Mm-hmm. But no, it's just a good design, and it's so versatile because there's a lot of different variants on the soldier. Um, like when you get into like days and stuff. Um, I'm, I'm looking at images true, now, and true. there's ooh, there's a Funko Pop, which actually looks really nice. I... <laughs> Normally, how dare they make a how dare they make a Funko Pop without <laughs> soulless eyes? No, it, it fits because Heartless do have soulless eyes, so. Some some Funkos actually work well, so yeah, it's just it it has yellow eyes, but it, it it's literally perfect. Oh, that that's good to know. So now you've got some soldiers to tangle with, but we have our marching orders. Leon tells us, "Don't worry about the small fry. Go for the bleeder." It, it's very much like a don't look at or like don't pay too much attention to them 
keep going forward. Yeah, so I was, you know, to soak up the moment, I was still trying to take out every Heartless, but I, uh, I done died again <laughs> after a certain point. And it's really weird. If you die in between the hotel cutscene and, you know, the boss, for some reason it kicks you back to the cutscene right before you fight Leon. Mm. Even though you can literally save in the hotel room. I was so, about to say, you can literally save right there. So Yeah, I okay, don't understand game. why they wouldn't just boot you up back there. Because it's not like that was, an, like that was a safe zone. So that was yeah. weird. I've never seen that before. And now we know. Yep. So make sure to save if you're going to put your neck out and try to fight some soldiers on the way. But, yep, eventually you'll make your way to that there third district. And you get the cutscene out. Down the goofy. They're on the balcony. Yeah how how the hell did they get up there? <laughs> so 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 from a from a game standpoint, you have to literally climb the roofs of the second district to get yes. to that balcony. I will say that much. It is so out of the way. Hey, no, they're looking for the key. Maybe the maybe the key's up here. Uh oh, I guess we made the wrong turn at Albuquerque. <laughs> Gorsh, are these the heartless fellows? <laughs> that, uh, that line is a, that line is a fan favorite, and and, they, and don't I mean I mean let's go get them, Goofy. Goofy. They get the uh the Smash Bros. Star KO. They get they get uh, Team Team Rocket is blasting out of here, and they land directly on Sora. Yeah, uh, which is a really cute moment when they're like oh, the key, and their like faces light up all excited. That's a nice screen grab of the three of them like that. Definitely. So yeah, uh, no time to chit chat because there are heartless everywhere. So we get our first, we get our first fight as the squad. Mm-hmm. And you know what? From here on out, I am mounting a leave Donald alone campaign because <laughs> he puts in work. He he just one shot soldiers with fire. Yeah. Like he's so good in these early sections, especially. So, yeah, if, I mean, they'll probably take them out, you know, pretty soon if you don't do anything, but you can also put in some work yourself, but you don't want to take on too much damage because right after, there's a boss fight! Ah! Yeah, after, you you take out, like, a a small handful of soldiers and uh, Mr. Guard Armor shows up. Yeah, I love how it's just an immediate, like, no fuss, no, like, we're Donald and Goofy! Just immediately, uh... (laughs) There is no time to chat, boys. We must go. So yeah, we get guard armor, and yeah, I think this is one of the more egregious color or palette swaps. Yeah, because he, he's like a distinct... Well, it's funny because in Traverse Town, he is a dark purple. When you fight him outside Traverse Town, he's got like a like a more of like a grainy purple. Like almost like a magenta. I'm mainly refer- referencing the Coliseum fight where you fight I've never noticed a difference. It may just to me be the torso. I think the torso is noticeably different. Oh, except for the lighter you, color. You might be right. So I'm also Google imaging it, and um, there's like a red armor. What's this? Sorry. Red armor is an emblem heartless that is found in Kingdom Hearts, but is un- unnamed until Kingdom Hearts Final Mix. It appears in the Olympus Coliseum matches. Okay, so oh. it is a separate. It is a separate yes. card. Because okay. yes, because in Final Mix. You get the weird rainbow variant here, but then in the Olympus Coliseum, 
you you will get the pink one, which I guess is the red armor. Okay, never mind. It's actively a different heartless for some reason. For some reason. But yeah, in the original game, it's it's a nice purple, which is good. Yes, purple is usually associated with like darkness and evil. Yeah, it does match the aesthetic of the the soldiers a bit, and I feel like uh, most of Traverse Town and most of District One, or sorry, not District One, Two and Three have like sort of a they, I mean, they all have a nighttime vibe, so there's a lot of blues, kind of mm -hmm. like deep, more darker colors. So I feel like the guard armor kind of, if, like, if, and I think it fits it. Besides being a giant anthropomorphic suit of armor. Yeah, this, this Rayman, son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Which body part do you usually do you go for first? So this time, my process this time, I think I target the feet, and then I was like, wait a minute. I, I think I just kind of like uh, railroaded myself, so I, I went for the feet because the hearts and the feet totally right. Um, and then I remembered it, it, basically if you target the, the torso, hit the torso with jump attacks, you'll hit the other limbs kind of against uh, like uh, auxiliary by by auxiliary uh -huh. just by being close enough. Yep. So I usually target the, the torso. If they separate, because fun fact they will separate. Uh, at that point, I. I don't think I'd target anything specific there, probably target the closest to me. Because uh, I feel like once Guard Armor separates from his limbs, his torso is the most annoying thing to deal with because it spins like a Beyblade. Yep. And I think I don't think attacks on it's it's definitely unblockable. You can deflect it, but it doesn't stop him from spinning with the Beyblade. So he's I think the torso is the most annoying thing separately. So I feel like once he splits off, I target the closest limb. I'm trying to think right now. I'm like, what would I target? I think it's just whatever is closest to me, honestly. But when, when he's when he's a whole, uh, definitely go for the torso because you'll swipe at the feet, you'll swipe at the arms just by attacking the torso naturally. Interesting. That's like very different from me. So I always go for the hands first, then the feetsies, then the torso. You just well well them down to nothing. Yeah. So I was thinking about it, and we mentioned how each boss each enemy in general, really. they all have a different approach to take. So this one's obviously very different, because you can whittle it down piece by piece. And yep. I was thinking, I think that was a smart choice, because it's your first fight with Doll and Goofy, and I feel like, because you're all working together, <laughs> as the, the song would imply, you know, taking out each piece, like, you take them out faster working with Doll and Goofy. Yeah. So it's... And because you're taking them out, like, there's a sense of, you know, progress is being made in this fight. Because you're taking out one bit at a time. So you can really see the difference of working as a team. And it's like, you know, giving you that serotonin dose of, like, <gasps> all the HP orbs giving them. <laughs> yes, I think uh, that was, it, it was good to do. In case, for some reason, you do come to this fight unprepared, I mean, Doll is loaded with potion. Goofy is also loaded with potion, as we infamously know. They, uh, they use them willy-nilly, no matter what setting they're on. Oh, Donald, um, did you but... get a paper cut? Here, let me give you a high sure. potion for that. Yes. I mean, kind of like how Dark Side will make shadows. You can be the shadows for HP. Same thing with Guard Armor's parts. Presumably, if you take a lot of damage from a part, and once it bursts open, you can kind of get a good amount of HP back. Mm-hmm. Not really being super danger. It, it can definitely overwhelm you, like... Because basically every attack will home in on you, whether it's... The gauntlets doing their tornado or the feet 
the boots that were meant for walking, stomping over the, uh, Thanks. or exactly. the, the torso, which I think is the worst, is when it just starts spinning everywhere, and you're like, I, I don't I don't know what to do right now. Yeah, <laughs> when it becomes a Beyblade, I just, I, I just stay away from it. Yeah, it can be scary. But, yeah. through the power of friendship, you will prevail and defeat it. And then we have our, our proper introduction with Donald and Goofy and Sora. I'm Donald. Name's Goofy. I'm Sora. <laughs> this ship runs unhappy. We all know the jokes. So Leon and Yuffie, two of them show up, and I love how Leon's still like just everything goes back to the Keyblade with this guy. He's like, hmm, they too must have been looking for the Keyblade. I love how one of my favorite Donald lines, honestly, um, <laughs> is <laughs> when Sora's like, "Oh, do you think I could find my friends?" And then Donald's like, "Of course." And Goofy's like, "Really?" And Donald's like, "Who knows?" <laughs> but we need this key. Hey, <laughs> <I mean>, yeah. <laughs> You know, he's not having it. He's not here for your friendship or your, like, happy-go-lucky. Like, no, he just wants to do the king's mission. Donald's like, hey, we have we have an objective. Donald's one party member who's like, eh, I guess we're stuck together. Yeah. <laughs> so we're just kind of like, yeah, why not? I'll go with you guys. I'll chill with you. And then we, we have our, our king's lackeys. Yep. Uh, so after this, we get a, a nice little cutscene of, what what do we want to call them? The Disney villains as a group. <laughs> I was thinking just that one. So they, they don't really have a name. The Kingdom Hearts wiki says the Council of Disney Villains, which, eh, that's fine. You can use that. That is probably best. Yeah. So you get a, a quick little scene of the the Council of Villains, uh, which is, you know, nice foreshadowing. Like, oh, who's the shadowy goof? Which, it's funny. In hindsight, I, I remember as a kid not knowing who every villain was. <laughs> and they they go through this effort of keeping them in shadow like ooh by voices and kind of their silhouettes you can tell and maybe it maybe just the updated tvs or updated and even the updated game itself their uh their models are more kind of just like grayed i wouldn't say grayed over but the, the shadows aren't as dark totally now. and then maybe yep. a, a result of the porting or the result of just you know or displays are much different than they were back in the day. Back in the day, they were definitely like, oh, look at these shadowy villains! Mm -hmm. If I recognize a face or a shape, maybe I knew who they are. But now it's just like, I can tell it's Hades, I can tell it's Captain Hook. So, yeah, they just basically have villain dialogue where they're like, huh, these stupid kids, they'll never thwart our plans. Yes, these meddling kids will never get in our way. The dynamic seems to be everyone but Maleficent is kind of like, eh, this is kind of a joke, right? <laughs> Yeah. Like Maleficent's taking this way more seriously and they're just like eh. I mean I guess if you're if you also ever play the game before it does get to give you a, a little tasty of who may be rearing their ugly heads because not every world represented in the League of Villains uh, <laughs> is gonna be a world. It's like Yeah. We go to Wonderland next that it does nothing with the villains. But I mean Olympus does, Deep Jungle doesn't, so on and so forth. It's not yep. just at every turn, there'll be a member of the council, and they must be destroyed. Mm-hmm. Cut back to Traverse Town, and uh, you get a a nice little gift basket for going away. You get, I think, it's, <laughs> <laughs> you get five hundred money from the game. Donald teaches you fire. Uh, Goofy gives you teaches dodge you roll. The most useful skill in the game, and by most useful, I mean mainly just most used. Yes. And then you learn Blue Trinity. So 
when I was a kid, I was really dumb. And when it explained the abilities, something just didn't click with me. So I didn't realize you have to equip these. So I think for my entire first playthrough, I didn't use any abilities. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> A little Kevin didn't know about Leaf Bracer. No. <laughs> or at least like a good chunk of it where I realized, wait, so that's what this was. <laughs> if only they were that simple. I'm just, hey, you get me. I work now. Yeah. Yeah. I would say the later games definitely do a better job of, because they like kind of walk you through the menu as opposed to this game just uses text boxes. Exactly. Yeah. And it's also, I realize it's, it's, it's not even complicated, but in one, the, the menu UI isn't super intuitive. So when you go to no. the ability, you, you have to hit, hit the ability and it takes to a little side menu and it says equip. Yep. Whereas in other games, it just becomes a triangle press to toggle it on and off. Yep. Totally. And even looking at the item menu, like filling your, filling your, I guess your your item stash as opposed to your stock is also kind of uh, unfortunately clunky at times. Oh, absolutely. Like, to, like, take out... Like, you have to make a free space for yourself and then take something out from stock. To take something out from stock is super simple. I just messed up a lot as a kid. But, like, taking stuff out or changing stuff around is more of a pain in the butt than it needs to be at, mm -hmm. at all. Totally. So, yeah, that's that's pretty much it for Traverse Town. There, I have a lot more notes on just the world design and kind of the side content, but we can save that because, spoiler alert, we will be coming back to Traverse Town a few times throughout this playthrough. Definitely. Like you said, it's a great sort of uh, capping off of the tutorial section of the game. I was thinking about, oh, I was thinking about it because we're doing this, of the the, the Awakening Station. is It is literally straightforward. You cannot mess that up. Destiny Islands gives you kind of some, it gives you your little easy, your, your, your morsel of exploration of, I can go here, but I can also find some over here, so on and so forth. Uh, Traverse Town opens it up just a little bit wider, because, I mean, we have, like, the shop and the hotel, but really you have your three main districts at the end of the day. And from there, you can kind of split off and look for extra goodies and look around this corner and do this thing over here. And I think it just, it's a good way of going, like, here's your, your we go from a tiny scope to a little bit of a bigger scope, and then basically almost, here's your full blown. Yep. You're, but you're getting it piecemealed, so you're not overwhelmed with, because when I go to Traverse Town, it definitely is, okay, time to get my real exploring done. Yeah, it's, the atmosphere's great, it's super cozy, it's just some place you would want to visit in real life. It's, I guess it's kind of like Disney World. Is it Main Street? I think where it's just kind of like cobblestone and cozy and like shops. Like maybe that was going for. I should do some research to see if there's any sort of interviews about that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the design's great. And then I, I think if you would pull most Kingdom Hearts fans, like I think Traverse Sam would be pretty high up there in terms of original worlds. Definitely yeah. for hub worlds, I think it would probably be the favorite. But we can't stay in Traverse Town forever. We must answer the call to adventure so <laughs> next week we will be heading toward wonderland right we call another rabbit hole technically you can choose between two worlds technically yes you do have the option of going to i mean you don't know at the time you just know the battle levels of each world until you get to it but 
Wonderland is going to be your next in terms of battle level. In terms of difficulty, it's just like it, it can be quite yeah. easier. If you go anywhere but Wonderland, you're insane. Let's yes. be honest. I can't imagine trying to go to Olympus first. Like being like, mm, this is a, this is a one star, it's a two star. I'm gonna go do the harder thing. Yeah, Wonderland is what we'll be covering next. Uh, so that that about wraps it for this week's episode. All right. Uh, thanks so much for listening. We've done it. We have three episodes under our belt. We're we're officially a pattern, not a fluke. <laughs> I'm on top of the world. It's exciting. And yeah, this is a nice breaking off point of like, yeah, now it's Disney time where we have hit the game proper. So I'm I'm excited for next week. I hope you all ready. It's about to get gaggy. I'm not that's, that's probably not a word you should be using, but gaggy. <laughs> gaggy. You mean like it's humorous? Yes. <laughs> uh, campy? Let's go with that. Ca- that. There we go. What, that's right. a much better sounding word to use. All right. Well, thanks so much for listening. You know what? Screw it. I'm going to ask them to leave a review. If you liked, <gasps> if you liked what you heard, leave a review. Give us, exactly. give us five hearts, please. Five hearts. Oh. Our, our friends are our power. So please lend us your power. Tell us what you... Uh, what you like. If you have any questions, you can submit any questions as well. And do the thing in the diddly doos. Yeah. I can't tell you how to live your life. But we can tell you how we can act really nice and for you so you can see what we please. Thank you. Yes, please. Alright, we will see you next time. This has been Kingdom Hearts by Heart. I still don't have that sign off. To the gummy ship in the way, because now we actually have a gummy ship. Ooh, okay. I can get. I can get behind that. Ooh, uh, it just happens. Yeah. It just works. All right, to the gummy right. ship in the way. Oh, and that makes right. sense because that's like our outro song, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. All right. We've done it. We've, we've cracked the code now. That's a wrap. All right. All right. Bye bye.